With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Double Tree Studios of the Utah Man Podcast. I'm Cameron, and we have Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. And Scott. Hey, how we doing? I'm doing great. Utes it's good to hear. are doing great. 18th in the country. What a game. What Woo. a game. Wow. Another heart attack game, but well worth it. First off, I want to give a huge shout out to El Helga 22 for winning the free night at Double Tree Suites in Salt Lake City downtown for predicting the right Utah-USC score. And we got a great show for you tonight. We have the one and only Michelle Botkin from UteZone.com coming in to talk to us. So let's get things started. Williams in the shotgun. Troy takes the snap. Play action pass. Looking toward the end zone. Firing outside. Touchdown! Touchdown! Touchdown, Tim Patrick! Utah leads it with 16 seconds to play. No flags on the field. And Rice Eccles Stadium erupts. Utah converts two fourth downs on this drive. Adoree Jackson, the All-American, beaten to the corner flag. And Tim Patrick with a touchdown. So Utah beats USC 31-27. to I want to jump into the offense because that was won the game was our offense. Which surprise, was surprise. That never happens. Let's just talk about the Hopefully big it's a trend. The big elephant in the room, not calling someone or not saying someone has nice leather pants, but Winningham having faith going for four four downs. Four fourth down conversions. That is so unwittingham like. It's the new Winningham. He's a new man. What's changed? We have a quarterback. That's kind of, I mean, that's the only thing that you can lean to. Lean to. Well, it is the most posi- important position on the field, and I'm not sure they've had a quarterback that they've really. And and that's not that's not a knock on Travis Wilson because, um, I just I just don't think they've had the quarterback that's meshed that's given them everything that they've wanted, and. Uh, you know, obviously Troy is earning their trust. I mean that that first half was somewhat brutal. The first drive, twelve straight runs. That was awesome. March down the field, score. Well, that and was I great. Put that on Twitter. I think that first drive was directed at Stevie T. Well, I think so. for well, his comments about the O line, and they ran it the entire well, drive. But I mean, it's what we talked about last year. That's their weakness. Is they're I mean they're at, they're giving up over 160 yards a game. I mean, we had a hundred yards rushing even, in the first quarter. But not even quarter. even throw in one passing play the whole time. Well, I, I was I taking agree. it as a as a message. But but why? I hope it was a message. Well, and I think it was, and I to an extent, as much as we ran it early, I think it played in our favor late, as those guys were worn down. They're not deep. They're not deep on the defensive line, and we just attacked them early. And and it, uh, I think, I you know who knows, but it sure seemed like it had an effect later in the game. So the four four downs, do you guys, I mean, obviously they all worked out, but do you agree with what he did in the moment? In the moment, I actually, I didn't really question it in the moment. In the stadium, you know, we're, we're rolling, we've got momentum, our O-line was getting the job done, they were getting the push every every snap. And yes, we were in field goal range, and the 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 old Whittingham most likely would have just downed it and drained the clock and kicked it as time expired. But one thing Whittingham actually said today in the press, or actually I'm not sure if it was today or if I heard it previously, but he did comment 
that uh, actually I think it was post game um, with Bill Riley. He said that uh, the the players were a little upset and a little uh, little down that they were not given the opportunity to go for it on fourth down against BYU. And he said that he would make it up to him. Oh, I did hear that. That was and, you're right. That was post game. And he, and he did make it up to him. He he showed confidence in him, and especially in that point of the game where we're we're only, uh, owning the line of scrimmage, I I really didn't question it. Normally so I would have. You didn't question it, Ryan? Did you? I did. I even turned to you in the stadium and said, "He's just passing up a forty yard <laughs> field goal to tie the game, and if you don't pick this up, it's ball game." But it, the, four, okay. the 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 last one was what scared me the most. Well, we got we got six yards on that one too. I know, but like, isn't that so funny that? And I'll openly admit it. I've complained about this offense being way too conservative. Oh, for sure. And then the one time they're not conservative, I was freaking out, thinking, <laughs> "What are you doing?" Well, I mean, the game's on the line. We, you don't well, you don't get it. You're done. And, and I mean, we've grown accustomed to the way he calls a game. <laughs> I think. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, it panned out. But, I, but, I'm not second guessing it. But John but Peace brought up an interesting thought on this. Wait, this John Peace or the real John? The, Peace? the real, uh, not Ryan. Let okay. me get out of Werther's. The Werther's original John Peace. Okay. Um, he said today, against tougher competition, you're more willing to take the risk because against a USC team, you know how explosive they are. You know the type of athletes you have. You want to take every advantage and every opportunity you can to to possess the ball. Now, granted, in that situation, it's a little bit different because time's going to expire. It's not so much where you could have uh, uh, give them the ball. Time will expire and the game's going to be over. But his point is, against better competition, you almost have to take more risks to keep the ball out of a team's hands who can be explosive and, and hurt you. And whereas BYU, that offense wasn't really going to hurt us all that much. So... I mean, they got they they did march down. Get a touchdown. They did, but they hadn't they hadn't the whole game. Uh, fair point. Fair and point. Uh, so, I mean, granted, it's it's easy to sit back and say after the fact, oh, what were they thinking? I like the mentality, and we we saw it on the first drive. We went for a fourth down on the first drive as well. You know, first drive of the of the first quarter, and we're going for it on fourth down. He came out wanting to win the game, not just kick a field goal and see what happens. Let's go win this game. Let's score touchdowns. And I like that mentality. Well, and we've seen this team in the past play not to lose. We have. Yeah. I mean, you, in looking back in hindsight, sitting there saying, I can't believe we're not going to kick the field goal to tie the game and, and go to overtime. But you, if you look, if you take the time to look back over the course of the game, we were able to pick up yards on a consistent basis, and obviously, he as the head coach is he's watching that the entire game, and he knows what his team can do. And obviously, he made the right call in the right situation. It's just not like him. I don't think we're well, accustomed to seeing that. Well, and it's interesting that last drive, the ball starts on what the seven yard line, ninety three, ninety three yard yards to go. Yeah. Essentially, unless something weird happens, it's going to be your last possession of the ball game, which it turned out to be. Our first two play calls, deep bombs, we threw it deep. This, that, I mean, that is the aspect of this offense that we haven't seen the aggressive nature that we're attacking. We're not just going to run the ball and hope we, get, and then on third down, connect on a short slant and keep the chains moving. We are attacking. We attacked that whole drive. We attacked the whole second half. And that, you know, and we didn't have to be successful in every time. No, and, and I like it. I do, I do like the aggressiveness. I like the aggressiveness of the play calling. And obviously they have some faith in Troy Williams to make the throws or they wouldn't be calling those plays. But then I'm sitting there th- after those first two incompletions going, the game's on the line. Now it's third and ten from our seven-yard line. And okay, but in the past, you're <clears throat> in the past. We're toast. Well, that's the difference. Is how many third and longs have we picked up this year it, compared to years past? It's been very, very different. I mean, if if we got out of third and five, we were in trouble in years past. And even if we got first and fifteen, we we're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, we're we're able to pick up chunk yardage a lot better. 
um, than we've had. Obviously, there's a lot of factors into that, you know, um, Troy and wide receivers that can get open or making the catches. It all kind of, it all kind of is uh, is obviously a team effort on that. But at the end of the day, it was night and day from first half to the second half. I had so many angry tweets that I wanted to tweet out at halftime that I didn't, and I'm really <laughs> glad I didn't. But I was frustrated. Well, I saw you calling for A-Rod to get fired at halftime. No, I actually... No, <laughs> no, no. You were calling for him to get Lane Kiffin in the press box. No, if, I if, saw it. if you want to look at my tweet, my tweet was, A-Rod, go catch a plane. <laughs> I I was so some of those play calls I was like give me a break, and to his credit, and I'll, I I got no problem admitting when I'm wrong and when I m- misspeak. He called one heck of a second half, and he what I think came out of this game that I like the most. It, yes, this gives Troy Williams confidence. This gives our wide receivers confidence. But I think what we've been missing is A-Rod having confidence in his players. Is him having the confidence to to be aggressive with Troy against good competition with the game on the line and have him go win it. Whereas in the past, we've seen they pull back. They they pulled back on Travis. They didn't want him to make that crucial mistake and we became very vanilla. And when we needed it, I mean, you're down 14 points. You just can't keep running it every drive. You're not going to come back. You've got to take some chances. You've got to be aggressive. And we saw once when we did that what this offense and what these players are capable of doing, which I think gives A-Rod confidence moving forward to call plays in a similar nature. Yeah, you bring up an extra interesting point that I hadn't thought of. I mean, it, A-Rod is a, essentially a fairly young play caller. Feels like he's uh, been here for a hundred years. <laughs> but with the with the quarterbacks he's had and the wide receivers he's had to utilize the past couple of seasons, his play calling hasn't been we've had to adjust due to their capabilities. I think now he ha- he's in a growing process as well because he he now has players that can make the play, so now he needs to yeah, the, come out of his shell, so to speak, and and the pull ups are off. It's big boy underwear <laughs> time. Let's go. <laughs> well, another aspect of of that game was Troy was throwing wide receivers open. You know that that pass to Singleton for uh, the touchdown in the the mm-hmm. the uh, was that the second touchdown or the first touchdown of the fourth quarter. First touch into the fourth quarter. And great. He he hadn't even really made his break yet. And yet he was in the process of throwing the balls in the air. And it just, you know, it was actually pretty good defense. Yeah, there was, yeah. But the timing of the throw was, was perfect. And, and some of those balls that Troy put in there um, to Simpkins. I still can't believe that ball got to Simpkins. I mean, there was there were three. Well, it, was a, it was a heck of a catch too, because he was. turned around. Yeah. I mean, the ball's it was right there. I don't know if you can play any better defense on that. And the throw, the catch, everything had to be exactly perfect. Well, the, the throw down the middle of the field to Tim Patrick, to Tim Patrick right with a, both safeties. with a safety and a dory in between the two of them on the money. I mean, he uh, he did miss some deep throws, but he he was pretty darn accurate for the most most of that game. And uh, I mean, that fourth quarter that was one heck of a performance. So the question is, we we talked about it last week. We knew we had the potential. It was was could we be consistent? So we've we've yeah, shown it. It started. I think we've one shown it. Key, now can we keep it up? One key aspect that we did touch on last week as well was. Tim Patrick getting help, and Corey Butler Bird and Raylon Singleton both showed up. Raylon became a man in that game. Yeah, I mean they they both showed up and made huge plays when they were called on. And if that continues to happen, watch out because there's not they can't double cover Patrick if those are two guys are making catches and plays like that. Oh, and I love it because Yossi Wilson he's showing some good promise. Simpkins for a true freshman, he just catches whatever comes to him. And I, he's gonna be he's gonna be good. So as Kyle said today, we're about seven deep in the rotation of wideout right now, 
and 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 Troy's doing a good job of finding all of those guys and really spreading the ball around. Total team effort, team win by this Utah team. Good job, Utes. Keep it up. It's always good. It's always a good day when you can beat USC. Yes, it is. All right. So one kind of aspect of the game that I kind of came away disappointed was the, was the defense. Granted, USC is a great team with great talent. They're I wouldn't gonna, say they're a great team. They do have great okay, talent. They're a good team with great talent. They are going to put points on people. They are going to run the ball on people. They're going to pass the ball on people. But I was a little disappointed with the defense. I'll tell you what, though. I was as well, but I'll tell you what, that uh, Darnold kid, I think he's got a bright future as a quarterback. For his first start on the road, he, he played pretty dang well. And to, and to think we we were in the running to get him, yeah. And uh, yeah, he well, and USC. I, I've heard since that uh, some of the coaches at USC said that uh, um, he gave them a different element that they haven't had, and their offense moved a lot better with him at quarterback than uh, than Max Brown. So yeah, he's he's he throws a nice. He's got ball. a cannon. He's got great size because none of our guys, when they got to him, could ever tackle him. No, he's got a great arm. He throws it hard when he needs to, but he also has touch. I mean, there was a couple. He had a throw right down the middle over the linebacker to his tight end that was just right on the money. Yeah, no, he's. Uh, I think he's definitely got a bright future. Um, and you know, we didn't have a lot of film on him either. And and I think they definitely utilized his running ability because there was a number of draws that they had in there, and uh, and his ability to scramble. So definitely not. You know, once Lowell went out, the the middle of the line just kept getting gashed. And, uh, I mean, Winningham was very open about it today. Just um, some missed assignments. Um, uh, linebackers linebackers. not filling the gaps. Well, and, and part of it was on the D-line, though, because the the offensive line from USC which is a lot bigger than our defensive line well, their their left they, tackle or right tackle is huge they, they were getting to the second level at will and uh, so the backers didn't have you know they didn't have a shot on a lot of these but uh, you know not our not our best performance and uh, but i mean at the end of the day they did they did only give up 20 points to USC which at the end that's that's not a bad game so it's you know they kind of it's almost like they played the bend but don't break philosophy that which is kind of typical of Whittingham they well yeah i mean they didn't give up the big play yeah. i mean i mean Mar- marcus was was really bracketing over the top to, for juju for for a lot of the game and that kind of took him out of the game but he was playing deep a lot just to avoid, you know, those the big play, which, you know, obviously goes with your point of Ben don't break. Gave up a lot of yardage, but only 20 points. So not not the cleanest of games. You know, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter since the game about the linebackers and Tatioli, maybe his lack of size and uh, how uh, ineffective maybe he was. Cody Barton, Kavika... Lata Lasanga. I don't know if that's even correct, but uh, sounds good to me. Um, but he he showed pretty well, and he's got some pretty good size. I think he's played. That's the most he's played all season. Yeah, well, and he and he played well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward, uh, playing time or you know starting positions. I mean, Tatioli and and Cody ha- they've shown well in the first three games, so it's not like we're going to write them off. You know, everybody has bad games every once in a while, but hopefully that uh, hopefully there's improvement there. I I think it was it was clear that uh, Hatfield was playing his first game of the year. I think there was a little rust there as well because there was an opportunity. He had a, an opportunity for a pick down at the goal line, and it went right through his hands. And if 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 he doesn't touch it, I think Chase catches it. I thought this. Chase, I, I thought, Chase I thought was in position. Too. Chase, Chase but, but had Hatfield should have had it too. He should have. But it's good to have him back, though. Well, and another aspect that has got to see some improvement is our kick returns. Right now, we are averaging 13 yards a return. Just pathetic. We're, we're better off taking a knee, getting seven more yards. We've, I mean, 
you look at the contrast, obviously, I mean, Adoree, it's hard to compare. I mean, he's the best. The guy's got amazing speed. But you look, you look, as I was watching the game, the kickoff coverage for our guys versus USC's, it was, it was night and day. Mm-hmm. All the, all 11 of those guys can just run for days. Athletic, fast. And, uh, man, did we have trouble even creating a hole. Well, and it's almost like there's a revolving door at kick returner, too. We started the season with two true freshmen in Burgess and Blackman. Neither of them are they in there anymore. They don't see the field anymore. Then Butler Bird comes back from suspension, and he's back there. And then Kenrick Young, who can't get on the field anywhere else, all of a sudden he's a kick returner. I, th- I think they're just trying to find somebody. They're, it's not working. But I'm not so sure it's... I mean, obviously, you've got to have a returner. Yeah, they can, they can nec- identify the hole. Them, they but, can... Uh, they will accelerate through it. But... There's got to be a there's hole. There's got to be a hole there yeah. first. And we... I mean, right now, we're 128th in the country in kick return yardage. That's not good. Well, they're going to... Teams will see that and start daring us to bring it out. They're not going to kick it deep. They're going to let us... They're going to kick it, so we have to run it out. Speaking of kicking it deep, (laughs) all I want for Christmas is a kicker to kick it out of the end zone every time. Amen. Every other team in the Pac-12 does. I I turned to Ryan during the game, and I I said, how is it that we can't get one guy, just find one guy in the country or in the world that can just kick it out of the end zone consistently? It's nuts. (laughs) I mean, I get I mean, Whittingham's a very statistical... You know, he plays the numbers, and I get the philosophy of kicking it to the one, to the two, or right to the goal line and letting your 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 special teams make a stop short of the 20-yard line. But they're not very special Play the percentages. But I just don't understand. And this is just my opinion. Don't even, don't, don't even give them a shot. I don't care if it's a Dory. I don't care if it's. BYU. Just don't give them the shot. Kick it out of the end zone. Save your guys from injuries. It's less hitting. Kick it out of the end zone and and let the defense set up. You know whether it's whether it's guys that just can't execute and kick it far enough, or whether it's their the, leg strength, lack the, the or, lack of leg or strength, or it's strategy to tell them not to kick it to the back of the end zone. I mean, we, we've heard everything. I did hear Whittingham a couple weeks ago say that the preference is to kick it out of the back of the end zone every time. Well, and you let the kick the kickoff for the game, he kicked it out of the back of the end zone. And then we score, and he obviously I, it's been reported that he just mishit it. It wasn't intentional to kick it short and down the middle. But it cost him his job. When, <laughs> when your job's on the line, you've got to execute it. All right, so I think that's a good breakdown of the USC game, and it looks like we have Michelle Botkin on the phone, so let's bring her in. All right, now join us on the phone. We have Michelle Botkin from UteZone.com. Michelle, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing real well. How are you guys? We're doing great. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with us. We oh, of course. really want to just pick your brain, what you're thinking, what you're seeing about this Utah team. 4-0 is great, but do you think that this team is really an 18th-ranked team in the country from what you're seeing? I mean, it's it's so tough to say. Um, uh, these rankings early on in the season, they're pretty tough. I mean, up until this point, Utah really hasn't played anyone. And I mean, if we're being perfectly honest, USC maybe isn't quite the team they've been in the past, but they kind of get the benefit of the doubt every year because it's USC um, and everybody knows that they're stacked with talent. Uh, so, I, I mean, based off of that, they've had some pretty gutsy wins. They've had to dig deep and really earn some of those specifically against BYU and um, USC, which were their two tougher matches, of course. Um, you know, and I mean, the Pac-12 has been kind of interesting in general. There's a lot of teams just haven't really looked that sharp early on. Um, and I think we're seeing that around the country as well. There, there were a couple of stumbles with some of 
the SEC teams that you're typically used to doing quite well. So I guess as far as anyone's best guess goes, 18 seems pretty fair for Utah. Um, It's about middle of the road as far as the top 25 goes. So um, I, I think that's maybe a good place for them to be for the time being. Yeah, Michelle. So they're coming in within uh, a ranking of 18th. Obviously, with the schedule that's ahead, teams that are still left to play, you know, the offense, it's kind of the topic that you fans love love to talk about is the offense. And we actually mm-hmm. saw a lot of progress um, Friday night with a passing game. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, kind of break down uh, what your thoughts are and, and how that performance affects the team moving forward. I think that performance gives Utah a ton of confidence going forward. Again, I mean, you hate kind of pounding that drum, but it's USC. And USC has very, very elite athletes um, that are going to go on and do great things at the next level. And so for Utah's throw game to really compete against some of their best defensive players, I mean, Tim Patrick against Adore Jackson all night was amazing. Those two going back and forth was awesome. And the fact that Troy Williams had enough confidence um, in Tim Patrick and in himself to, to make those plays, especially late in the game um, and really test someone that, you know, is going to be a great NFL player uh, going forward is, is quite something. And I, I I have to think that from here on out, really the sky's the limit for, for the the passing game and i i do i really think it gave those guys a ton of confidence hey michelle um with the you go back to the byu game and whittingham had an opportunity on fourth and one late in the game to go for it and chose to kick a field goal and then the change in mindset in this game four fourth and ones all went for it two of them on that last drive what do you think changed his mind to to go for that <laughs> well first of all wit if you hear this i hated that call against you <laughs> i hated it <laughs> you weren't alone i don't think <laughs> i think if you had given it to moss uh, you guys would have had a touchdown and saved everyone a heart attack um <laughs> but i think i think when you start getting into conference play Every little play matters. And I think making a statement really matters. And maybe you kind of want to hold back in out-of-conference play, um, especially if you feel like you have the tools to be dominant against, you know, your opponent um, or, or, or to keep them, keep them at bay uh, as best as possible. But once you start getting into that conference play um, and you're starting to talk about conference championships, division titles, maybe even national championship playoff um, berths. You you kind of have to do everything you possibly can to win, and especially in the Pac-12. Um, there really are no slouches this year. I mean, we've seen year in and year out. Any team can beat any other team any given week. It's just nothing is really given in this league. And so I think Witt had to be tough. And I think he had to put that confidence in his offense that they can do it. And I think I think they saw something. And I think probably looking back on that BYU film as well, I think they probably saw that um, Moss is more than capable of getting those chunk yards, as is Armand Shine. Um, and so I, I think being really aggressive in that way um, probably came from film study out of BYU. I, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out there. I think they thought that was a mistake looking back on the film. So Michelle, I know that you're one of the very few kind of media members that actually goes to everything in the spring and in the fall. So I'm going to throw this question to you out of all the new faces that we're seeing on offense that are producing, who has been kind of your surprise, you know, starting back from, spring, fall, and now into the season. Who's been that one guy that really has stand out to you on offense? Ooh, 
That's a tough question because I feel like a lot of guys have actually stepped up um, and really taken ownership of that that entire group. I I'm incredibly impressed with how JJ Dillman's handled moving over um, to center after Latui was declared out for the season. Um, that's that's a really tough position to kind of take over at the last minute. Um, and to have as good of a grip on it as he has, uh, granted the SEU game was a little rocky for him, but after that, he really cleaned up a lot of those mistakes and has been pretty solid for him. Um, you look at the running backs as well. Um, and you have, you have two guys that are supposed to be major contributors going forward, coming off of injury in Troy McCormick and, um, Tim Patrick, and you're not entirely sure if they're going to be the same person that they were before those injuries. And to see them come and produce for this team has been awesome. Then you look at the quarterback position, um, and you have a guy that sat out most of spring, didn't really participate in very much of it. And, I mean, on top of that, wasn't in the system to begin with and kind of had to play catch up in that way to really, again, take ownership of that position um, and take that leadership role and really command the offense and be that leader that Utah needs to move the chains. Uh, There's a lot of impressive pieces that Utah is working with. Um, And it's, it's, I'm not sure if it's really surprising at least from my standpoint, because I have been able to see a lot more than most people. Uh, I would say it's really refreshing that finally um, I'm seeing the offense out on the field that I was seeing in practices. It's it's not two completely different animals, um, spring ball offense, ball ball offense versus playtime offense. It's It really has been overall consistent they were a little bit slow to start in my estimation I was expecting them to get off to a little bit of a quicker start but the progress that they've made from game to game has been really impressive and I don't think they're done growing so I mean we're talking about some breakout players a lot of talk for Tim Patrick and and really the as the go-to player but Mm -hmm. uh one one player, especially the the position that's really stuck out to me is the tight ends. Here in fall yeah. camp, we we lose Siali to another season-ending injury. Um, have not been able to count on Evan Moei for going on two years now, as he's been injured the first two games of the last two seasons. So it's mm-hmm. basically Moei and Hanley. I've been I've been really impressed with with Moei with uh, what he's been able to do not only in the passing game but in the blocking. He's been he's been really solid. Uh, give us your thoughts on the tight end position and, and Moei. I think Utah has an embarrassment of riches at that position, um, and that's how you survive having Ciale Fakulatonga go down. Well, that's a good, um, that's a good pronunciation right there. <laughs> oh, really good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm gonna have to steal that clip, and every time we need to say his name, I'll just insert you right there. Notice Scott <laughs> didn't say it, try to say it. No, I, I would have said like Ciale. Pakalatanga. But I mean, you know, so Siale was really the best of both worlds for Utah when it came to blocking and having the soft hands. And so to have Evan and Harrison both step up to the plate and be, be that guy that Utah needs has been really impressive. And as you mentioned, uh, Evan's been a little bit better as far as the blocking goes. Um, And I think he particularly had an outstanding game against USC. I think it really, um, the light bulb really went off for him in that game. uh, And everything kind of started to come together. Uh, Real quick, switching over to the other side of the ball. Uh, Coming into the season, the defensive line was really deep. Now we've lost Kylie Fitz, Lowell, Low to Lele, um, possibly maybe out for an extended period of time. Hopefully not. Do you see? Uh, do you see a problem happening there? You know, I think Utah finally has the depth 
to deal with some of those injuries and having guys out for either small periods of time or extended periods of time. Uh, it definitely was a little bit rough for them. Having having Kylie out, they could have really used Fitz. Um, and then to have Lowell go out as well. And again, like you said, we're not entirely sure what his status is going to be. He mm-hmm. He's on the depth chart for this week, but obviously that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, but I felt like that fourth quarter, especially those guys figured it out or were at least starting to figure it out. The only hold USC to a field goal when they pretty much had their way going up and down that field all night uh, was huge. And I, I think that's a testament to how smart and adaptable those guys on the line are. Hey, so just uh, as we, as we finish up, uh, I want to get your thoughts on uh, my favorite topic recruiting. So I know we we had a lot of a lot of uh, uh, visitors in town, a lot of big names, and in, in Utah, you know, from from what we understand, maybe changed their philosophy on on their approach to recruiting or getting commitments. What uh, what uh, do you fans maybe what can we get excited about as far as some names or uh, um, some possibilities that we may be uh, landing here in the next little bit? Well, it sounds like. Um Guys were really impressed with the game last week uh, against USC, and obviously so. That was quite a comeback, and that's the kind of thing that Utah needs to do in order to get the guys that they want. It's sounding like uh, Shelly is really he's he's solidified and he's good to go for Utah. Um, as far as anyone else goes at the moment, it's still a little bit up in the air, at least to my knowledge. Um, I think Utah's still trying to sort through who exactly it is that they want um, and who they're going to go after really hard. But I think after that game, going forward, they're going to have a lot of eyes on them. Um, and if they continue to do well, they're going to have their pick of the crop. Uh, and you know, I mean, it worked out great for him last year. That that was an outstanding class when you have Williams, Tyler Huntley from Florida, really the Florida trio, the Hallanday trio uh, come in with Damari Simpkins and Zach Moss as well. And all three have played, uh, which Utah having freshmen play right away uh, doesn't happen very often or hasn't happened very often in the past. And I think that's something that Ute fans can probably look forward to in the future is that Utah is going to start getting more and more freshmen that are ready to play immediately rather than having to redshirt them and wait for them to develop and turn into the player that the coaches foresee them being in in the future. Um, and that's, that's fantastic. That's how you compete in the Pac-12. Michelle, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. You know, you can find her at Ute Zone, uh, part of the Scout uh, website. You have a great article up right now of J.J. Dillman and kind of his family. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, my handle is, and I hope I don't get this wrong since we moved over because <laughs> I'm still getting used to it. It's M. Bodkin Scout for both Instagram and uh, Twitter. And then, uh, it's just Michelle Bodkin on Facebook. Perfect. Michelle, thank you so much. And we'll have you back on soon. Thanks, of Michelle. course. Look forward to it. Yeah, Thanks, Michelle. Take care. You know, it's always great to have Michelle come on and join us and kind of give her point of view. And that interview is brought to you by our great friends at Double Tree Suites by Hilton in Salt Lake City, downtown at 110 West 600 South. Give them a call at 801-359-7800 or Doubletree.com. So you are traveling up to Berkeley to play Cal at 2-2. Two and two, They lost their last game against Arizona State, 51-41. Dang to 41. you, Arizona State. It, it was, was a, crazy. It was they like were an up, old Mountain West Conference shootout. I, they were up 14 in the fourth quarter. They scored 31 points in the fourth. Arizona State did. Yeah. I, it's Come on, Cal. All we ask you to do is beat off these South teams. 
So they're coming in. They throw the ball 55 times a game, uh, a little over 450 yards. You know, they're running the typical air raid offense. They like to throw it. But like what we saw this last week against Arizona State, they can be stopped. They gave up a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter to lose by 10 points. Well, they, they don't play defense. Their defense, as much emphasis as we put on defense, they're the complete opposite. I mean, they're a disaster. Now, yes, they can score the ball with the best of them. I mean, they're averaging 45 points a game right at the moment um, so far this season. But they're giving up like 40 points a game. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're yeah, they're uh, they're giving up forty two points a game, and uh, we're, you contrast that with what we're we're only giving up fifteen points a game, so completely different style of play here um, between the two. Be interesting. I mean, to see what we do. I mean, uh, to counter that type of of offense and scoring, you could. I'm yeah, thinking a lot of ball nickel, control, right? Well, no, I'm talking about our oh the offense for the offense. Okay, if we. If we do a lot of ball control, a lot of running, a lot of time of possession, keep their offense off the field. That's one way to... I mean, I think it's going to be probably a lot similar to last year. And Peace was actually on the radio again today speaking about this and his approach last year. And and he said, so, and from his standpoint, he said that Cal's offense is is majority based off of pre-snap reads. So they look at the defense, whether you're, you've got two high safeties, whether you got one safety in center field, however, however you're lining up and they, and the quarterback makes a read off of how the defense is set up and he's determining where he's going with the ball before he even hikes it. So if you disguise your defense, which is, which is what we did last, last year, year and why we had six picks is you, you make that determination. He knows where he's going to go and then. He thinks that the zone or really in man or vice versa or depending on what we're doing, it it, it throws the the quarterback off because they're not they're not out there reading the defense they're just throwing to open guys, and uh, so I mean that's why we were successful last year. I was I would suspect uh, Scally's gonna have a similar plan where we're gonna try and disguise coverages and make things difficult for him. But at the end of the day, I mean, there's you know I would expect they're still gonna put twenty. Eight points up on the board, so we're still going to have to score some points. Well, yeah, I mean, to your point, Cam, I think as far as offensively, I think Utah is going to try to control the clock and and limit. That was my point, by the way. I'll take it. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'll, I'll still give Cam credit for it, though. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> but I mean, I th- I think if you can limit the amount of possessions that Cal has, you know, that's that's going to help as well. Control the clock and. Uh, but they can sling it. They've got uh, um, tra- their best receiver is a transfer from Idaho State, I believe, uh, Hanson, and he already has 50 catches on the season through four games. Holy smokes. So they uh, they can put some points up. So it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm actually a little more nervous for this game than I was for the USC game. Yeah, I know they they pass the ball it's like sixty five seventy percent of the time, so they don't run it a ton. But they do have some good running backs, so it, the the line and the linebackers still have to respect the run game. So it's not like they can pin their ears back every time and and uh, well, they are. Try to get I mean, to they're the averaging one hundred thirty five yards on the ground, so it's not like they in years past where they or Washington State just abandoned the run and then just throw it 80 times a game. They're they're still running it, and they actually have been fairly productive running it, um, which I think's helped them become a little bit more balanced and uh, and why they're putting so many points hey, up on the but board. But you say that, but they haven't been that impressive. Well, no. I mean, no, you look, they're, they're two, it's, it's, two. it's because we'll of how bad their defense is. They have a win against Hawaii, whoop-de-doo. They lose to San Diego State. Top of the Mountain West, baby. They beat Texas. In a shootout. In a shootout. And then lose to Arizona State. In a shootout. Well, all of these games, they've been I don't scoring. know why you're nervous. I have faith in this Utah team. Oh, my gosh. Here we go, Cam. Utah. <laughs> Got the fan police over here. You want to go? Let's go. Bring it. I understand your point that you're nervous because you don't want to get in a shootout with Cal. I'll fully admit that. We don't it, have the offense to keep it, up. Not with a lot of teams shootouts. do. 
However, I don't think we'll get in a shootout with them. Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't. I think, think our we're going secondary to is so strong, and now that Domo's back, he got one game under his belt. I'm feeling a lot better with him having that one game under his belt now. I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game, but I think it's gonna be another close one. This is a game where we we expected a lot out of Pitati, um, and this D line. This is the type of game where I mean they're gonna throw it a lot. It's, he he had a good game last year. He did. He had a, he had a huge game against Cal, and so I think this is, you know, he he struggled to an extent against USC. Uh, hopefully, it's a good bounce bounce back game for him. But there's going to be plenty of opportunities to get to the quarterback. They do get the ball rid of the ball fairly quick. To help the secondary, we've got to be we got to get him on the move. We got to be putting pressure and getting his face because I mean. He is a good quarterback, and if he's got time, he's pretty accurate. As good as our secondary is, it can't be strictly on them to shut these wide receivers down. So it's, uh, you know, and and the linebackers, probably a good bounce-back game for those guys as well. How many are going to see the field? I don't know because I expect you know I expect only, we're going to have six DBs on the, on the field. You be playing one linebacker at a time most downs. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting, but I'm uh, it'll be a, it'll be a good game. Definitely, uh, I mean, you, you say it's not going to be a shootout, but I think as bad as their defense is and the improvement of our offense, I think I think we got a chance to put some put a lot of points up on the board on their on their defense. All right, and at the end of every show, we like to kind of pick our Utah score and then pick some Pac-12 games. So this week, Utah is actually an underdog against Cal. Boo. So right now, as we're recording the night of the 26th, Utah's a one-point underdog. I don't like it. I think Utah comes out and wins 34-27. to Ryan? I don't like that either. I'm picking Utah to go in and upset Cal at home, and I'm picking him 38-28. Nan Scott? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little outside the box here. I'm going to go Utah, 42, Cal, 38. And then the three Pac-12 teams we're doing, first one is number seven, Stanford, at number 10, Washington, with Washington as a three-point favorite. It's my week to go first. So, so I do not like Washington. I think they're a good team, but I don't like how they've been anointed already without doing anything. So because of that, I'm never going to pick them in these types of games. I'm taking Stanford. Ryan? If you watched the UCLA-Stanford game on Saturday, you'd see that Stanford's defense keeps them in the game, even if their offense struggles a bit. And I say Stanford goes up and wins. Scott? Oh, this is a tough one because the winner of this game, I think, wins the North. So there's there's a lot of implications on this. Being that it's at Washington, I I wasn't all that impressed with uh, with Stanford at UCLA last week. So I am actually going to go Washington and uh, and pick the upset that will kill the Pac-12 and playoff hopes because I don't think Washington has the ability to go undefeated or even go with one loss. Because I think they are overrated, but I think being at home, they get this. All right, and the next game is Arizona State at USC, where USC, USC is favored by nine. I think USC comes out and lays the hammer on ASU. What? Fight on. Ryan, who do you got? <laughs> Fight on. Um, that doesn't mean punch your coach, by the way. If, you see, if USC hasn't given up if their players haven't given up and them being a home i think usc wins scott who do you have um i'm gonna go with um i'm gonna go with usc as well i think uh, they got too much pride they got too much talent and quite frankly i hate asu so i'm gonna pick usc well at this point and i hope you want you guys have gonorrhea we we have the tiebreaker now over USC, so if they go and beat everybody else, it's in our favor. Exactly. 
Well, and and we need ASU. They're 4-0 as well. We need to get them some losses in conference here. Rapido. All right, and then our last game to pick is Oregon at Washington State, where the Ducks are a one-point favorite. Oregon really struggled against Colorado. Oregon's they are a dumpster. But I really, I think... So is Washington State. They are. So I think Leach has lost this team. I think Oregon goes in and wins. Ryan, who do you got? I, oh man, they're both a mess. I'm going to go with Oregon on the road. Scott, who are you taking? I'm going to go with Washington State because they are coming off a bye week. Uh, They need this game, and Oregon sucks. So that's going to do it for us tonight. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. That's Drum, the letter N, Feather. Scott, where can people find you on Twitter? Um, you can find me um, at Uteman underscore forever. All right, you can find us at our home at utahmanpodcast.com as well as iTunes, Stitcher, Twitter at utahmanpodcast. And go you, Ute. Go Utes. Go Utes. We'll be teladakayai. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah. You said you said UCLA. I, I'm sorry. I know I'm at USC. I'm <laughs> it's <sorry>. all good. <laughs> I didn't even. Hit, none, none of us here. None, caught none that. of us caught that. We're just used to Ryan just blabbling on. We call him Old Man Peace for a reason. <laughs> Ready, Santa. Ready, Santa. <laughs> Nobody likes a skinny Santa. Eat. Eat. <laughs> oh, mama. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Scott. <laughs> I'm just piecing it over here. What's their coach? Lint? Le- Leech. I really think Leech. Samsonite. I really think Leech. Swanson, Swanson, sw- Sammy, Sweet. Samsonite. He's way off. Shawshank Redemption. I really think. I really think Leech has lost this team. Way down so yonder going, on the Chattahoochee. Oh it gets hotter than a hoochie coochie. Apparently, Peace wants to go to bed over there. <laughs> yes, he does. You're, are you an angry elf? I am. <laughs>